Hello, welcome to Interesting People with Interesting Jobs, the podcast from Luxie. I am Caroline Pierce, and in today's podcast, we talk to Helen Shaddock, who is an artist, a multidisciplinary artist. She talks about her practice, what she thinks about colour, how she works and how she got to that place, and advice that she would give to young people in education. It was a really lovely conversation with a really interesting artist, um, and she's got some great recommendations, um, and we'll put the links in the notes for this podcast. As always, technical support for the podcast is from Jason Burge, and music is by Roma Yagnik. Hello, Helen. Um, how do you describe you? So I would say that I am a curious creative person who loves communicating and connecting with people (laughs) curious creative person who loves communicating and connecting with people yeah okay and in a professional sense how do you describe you so in a professional sense i would say that i'm a multidisciplinary artist working in a range of media from sculpture installation performance sound video printmaking um and i am also an arts facilitator so that covers a range of different roles but uh, from like doing workshops to um, uh, assisting other artists or um, working on events um, and then in my second kind of life I am a library aide at Newcastle University and I also do some teaching at, uni- at the university um, in fine art and architecture. Wow that's a lot of things yeah but I like it that way okay what keeps my life interesting (laughs) it keeps it interesting yeah if you had to choose one thing which which, what thing would it be I think if I had to choose one thing I think it would be a multidisciplinary artist because I think that then I can be as broad as possible because basically I don't I've made I realized that uh, just being in my studio for um all of my time isn't isn't what I need as a person um and the range of things is something that helps feed into all aspects of my creativity so like um I really enjoy the teaching side of things because it allows me to share with others um, like my experiences and I also get really inspired by other people. So that kind of um, soaking up of other people's experiences and also kind of releasing that that dialogue is really... um, is is really generative for me um so 
I guess being a multidisciplinary artist allows me to kind of tap into more of those things as possible. Um, but financially, I guess um, there's part of me that having the permanent part-time role is really, um, is really, really useful and, um, and grounds me in a sense that it enables me then when I am in the studio to properly embrace where I am in the studio and not necessarily have to always be um, searching for other work, which is a luxury. Yeah. So the library work yeah. enables you a level of security that yeah. in means that when you're making your own work, you are free to be creative. Yeah, and I don't necessarily have to think around it being commercial because I think making work for a commercial purpose alters your mindset. So I'm not, I'm not, um, like, I really enjoy doing commissions and things, but when I do, I always need to make it my own work, you know, and, and retain that. Whereas um, certain commissions I would reject si simply because it's too prescribed and um and so uh, so when i am in the studio um it it seems like i'm doing i'm being true to myself so there's a couple of things there that i think might be quite intriguing you describe your studio to us what's that space like and what how how does your studio enable your work um my studio is like my, is a bit like my brain in some ways. It's like I enter this space and it allows me to, like I'm currently in my studio now. I could be at home, but I function so much better creatively in my studio because I feel as though there's not other kind of, there's no other purpose to it other than being my studio. And when I'm here, I'm in that kind of creative zone. And so I have things around me that um, that fuel my creativity. I have things around me that, um, that make me feel comfortable. So I've got my plants and that kind of thing because it's also like, somewhere positive that I want to be. Um, it's nice and warm, which is definitely a bonus. Um, it's the first studio that I've had in my entire career that has heating and that makes a massive difference. Um, and it's kind of, it's a multifunctional space. So it means that I can chop and change what I do what, um, when I'm here. So, you know, I can be messy if I need to be messy. I I can make sure that I've I, I can take everything off my walls if I wanted to to document some work. I I've got like one wall that's white. I've got a couple of walls that are coloured. Um, so like I could use the white wall as a pretend gallery to set up um, installing work and just see how that works. Um, I've I've got a little 
store cupboard where I can hide all of my materials and things and it not be on site, it, like not be in view, which really helps not clutter my mind. Um, I've got a standing desk because I work much better at a standing height than I do sitting. Uh, so it it's like um, really enables me to be all of the different people that I need to be as an artist. That sounds lovely. That it sounds is lovely. It, it's like it's like my second home, and I probably sp spend as much time here as I do at my home, other than sleeping and eating. And you talked earlier about um, if you got commissions and like what commissions would feel right. Yeah. Can you add some, um, I suppose, just texture or so that the listeners can envisage the kind of work that they could commission from you or that you get commissioned or or a commission that you've done that was like describe it so that so that we can get a feel of what that work would be like sure so sometimes it's about um someone perhaps might have seen um work that i've made in an exhibition and say if it's an installation um i often respond to site within my work so um if they go to the if they go to the exhibition installation and go and see it for instance um in a much um larger space than they have at home they might not um they might not be able to buy it you know um so they might then come to me and say oh helen i really liked the installation that we saw in x gallery um this we have a space in our lounge which is a little alcove could you make a smaller scale installation that would specifically be for the alcove so then it then i would be really open to do something like that because i'm given a specific space and know that they have enjoyed my work before so i've already got that kind of level of trust that this is what they're asking for and it's my creative vision that they're asking for and uh, and then we would chat about like and and i would actually probably get either visit the site or just get photos from them and ask them about like what colors they've got in their room and that kind of thing and that's the kind of thing that i like to respond to so it feels like we're both getting what we want you know i don't have to compromise and like you know, if, for instance, they said, well, we'd only be interested in you making brown work. Well, that would really not be, I, I would say, well, I'm afraid that feels really out of my, like my practice is all about embracing colour and, and it would seem um, like that didn't really work with um, with the way that I work. So maybe this isn't a good match. But if they're like, hmm, yeah, um, we have blues and pinks in this room or whatever, like, I would be totally keen to um, make the most of what they've got and bring out those aspects. So it's about me feeling confident that I can um, make the, make the so-called client happy while also retaining something that isn't compromising my practice and my creative visit vision. 
Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. It's that your practice is about colour and you like responding to sight and you can do that in the living room. Absolutely. Um, and it's a total joy when someone comes and and says that to me. And it's happening more often, actually, um, in um in people having specific spaces that they that they want and um and it's a new challenge for me then it's really exciting you know um how to make work suitable for a different context is something that I do with galleries so it's really it's really exciting to then be able to take it to someone's home and, instead of a gallery nice and you talked about color what's your favorite color um hmm well I'll let you into a bit of a, a bit of a guilty secret is that every day I wear one item of clothing that's stripey so the nature of stripes is that they can't be one color so I would have to say I don't really have one favorite color it's always color in relation to other colors so I might have like a couple of colors that really pair well together or hit off well against each other. At the moment I have, <laughs> I bought this pair of um, New Balance trainers and they have like an orange bit and a, and a um, pale blue bit. And the orange is really, really zingy. And then the pale blue is more like a butter, um, not um, a bluebell color. And suddenly I've realized in my studio that my work's going down the route of being like orange and bluebell color and it's all happened since I've got these trainers you know and it's like that seems to be the color of this season you know um so like I it swaps it it comes and goes and I, I would say that I'm a very seasonal person as well but if I was to identify with a certain like season of color it would be spring so i like zesty bright um but not overpowering colors so often like a a more gentler tone with a zing tone or a or a dark like a teal with a lemony zesty limey color works really well or something nice that was quite Sorry, a, long... a long answer to your question but i'm quite passionate about color <laughs> isn't that great because normally what's your favorite color would be answered in a really that would be a really short question and when you're talking i can see your headband because we're on Streamyard, and that this won't be the listeners won't be able to see that, but you've got an orange and blue, or a headband that has orange and blue in it, as as well as other colours. There you are, and I would say my item of stripes today is my mm -hmm. nice um, navy and kind of maroony ready stripy top. So there you are. Yeah, it, you reminded me of years ago we were branding. A series of events and it took us ages and there were a team of us and one of them really wanted the brand to be orange and the other one really wanted it to be like a sagey green and we realized that they those two colors went really nicely together yeah and we started making everything was in 
orange and sagey green. And then everywhere I went, I could see so many things in nature and in classic design that were orange and sagey green together. And like we'd sat in this cafe going, oh, what colours do we need it to be? And and will they go? Like it, it felt like something really radical when we came up with it and it was like no it just it just fits in the world so totally. um, and I love that way so often you know people will ask me oh so what inspires you and where do you get your ideas and things and I love the way that just being in the world inspires me so it might be that like I go into paper chase and I find a new color combination and I'm like wow this is you know this is uh, uh something that I could use in my in my practice or it might be that I'm uh I see an item of clothing that someone's wearing and it and um the texture of it or the the feel of it um does something for me and or or it might be that um you know that I'm in an amazing um space in nature and I and I um see some wonderful leaf shapes or something and the form of the leaf then can um, inspire me or it might be just the sonic qualities of a space as well um so i would say like all around like i just feel i i can get inspiration from so so much of life and yeah. and people like talking to people is is like a form of research for me because I'm just fascinated and so curious about people that that automatically feeds into my work as well. If you were to give some advice to a young person that's in education now, and not like just in general what would you advise young people i would say embrace your curiosity so you know um in, enjoy try to enjoy learning because it's actually it is something that we take for granted when we're at school but it's a there's there's real um when you when you when you find a passion and you ignite that that passion that's something really um really spectacular that doesn't necessarily happen to everyone so when you're young you know i remember when i was young i just loved like being outdoors and making mud pies and gardening and uh, playing on my bike and things and that's what made me curious and uh, and and I and I loved growing things and, and and then cooking with things and it really kind of helped fuel my creativity. And I would say to young people, um, if you can find what really fu like fuels some kind of gut reaction, then that's a that's like untapping a key in your life because the, there's going to be things that you have to do you're going to have to do physics even if you don't like physics you know but there's if you can find something that you really have that passion for you can kind of feed it into other areas and you and it kind of gives you the energy then to be able to do the things in life that aren't you that 
that aren't your forte and that you don't get quite as excited about. So you always have something in you that's keeping you going because you always know that you've got something to go to that you can recharge and refuel. Yeah, find your inspiration for to refuel. Yeah, yeah. And don't and be so- afraid of like if that if that is digging up for worms, like that that's fine, <laughs> you know. So talk us briefly through Helen used to make mud pies and now she's sitting in her studio making work. What what's the key? How did you get from making mud pies to being a working artist? Uh, so I was a real tomboy. Um did a lot of practical things with my hands, spent a lot of time cooking and making and being with friends basically. So it was always like a um like uh in yeah enjoyed making and creating and doing things from scratch my mum was so amazing with us she allowed us to like me and my friends and my sister we would cook meals when we were about 10 for them we they would go uh, they would uh, um go and buy the ingredients and um, then we would make a menu and we would literally design the menu. They w- we would print off a menu for my mum and dad. We would set the table. They would not be allowed in the kitchen or anything. We would make the three-course meal. We would serve it to them and then they would do the washing up at the end. And <laughs> it was it was brilliant. And my mum and dad were so amazingly relaxed about doing that and they allowed us allowed us to play in that way and we had some great meals um and as i got older i i was encouraged to embrace that that creativity in all of those forms and then um at schooling um i had um a few mental health issues and i got bullied and i found school really really challenging in a social context and um and i think that really led me to be interested in the way in like psychology and the way that my mind worked and i had a quite a bit of therapy and it really gave me an insight into how my own mind worked and um and made me more curious about kind of learning out learning about how other people exist in the world and how I was different to them. Um, and so um, I, when I was doing my A-levels, I actually was thinking that I was going to go to university and study psychology. I did art and psychology among other subjects and they were my two passions. And I started applying to psychology courses and uh, at universities and it was all set and then I went on a an art trip um, for my A-level art class to London and it was a residential trip and it was the first time that I'd properly like had four days just immersed in art and talking about art with my art teacher I had the most inspiring art teacher ever and to this day he's still like one of my best friends um and we still have amazing conversations and i remember significantly remember coming back on 
uh, and saying to my mum, mum, I'm not going to do psychology anymore. I have to do art. And she was like, whoa, okay, uh, that's fine. We're going to have to, like, you might need another year, you know, we're going to have to re rechange all your applications, etc. But if that's what you want to do, that's, and my mum and dad were so supportive. And I was just like, my gut tells me, I just have to do, I just have to do art. And so then I went on to do an art foundation um, and specialized in fine art. And then I, the art foundation allowed me to have that really broad kind of introduction to all different types of art, which then allowed me to find a really like specific course at Glasgow School of Art, which was called environmental art, which dealt with, which primarily was about making art that was suitable for like where the context was the the context and the audience were like key to making the work so mm -hmm. it, so it made me think a lot about um spaces and how work uh how artwork can respond to space and how artwork needs to be um made available to an audience mm -hmm. uh, so so it didn't and it didn't prescribe me as being like a painter a sculptor uh whatever so that was really great and then i so then i graduated from glasgow school of art and i um did oh, oh crazy 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 work schedule because i had to do an in a full-time internship which was voluntary at the same time as having a part-time job in order to pay my rent and I was working crazy hours and I and I was also exhibiting at the same time so I remember having like an exhibition in Edinburgh and having to make work at like three in the morning because it, it just didn't work you know it was just it was a very difficult time but I would also say really fundamental to my where I am now because having done the internship that was six months and it gave me some amazing contact attacks and I started assisting a group of artists who were who are just totally inspirational people and then I managed to get one day a week work with them and then I managed to get a part-time job at Glasgow School of Art because I got the relevant experience and I had connections with the Glasgow Sculpture Studios because that's where I did my uh, um, my internship and it all kind of over over seven years I would say it took me seven years to be in a probably in a comfortable position where I could fund having my own studio and not burning myself out um, and have other part-time roles it kind of got me in a position where I was like right okay my career is at a stage where I want to now focus on my art career and that's when I moved to Newcastle so I lived in Glasgow for nine years including my study and then decided that I wanted to do a master's somewhere else because I'd already I'd, I'd already I'd kind of got as much from Glasgow and the contacts that I'd made and every experience from Glasgow that I felt 
could benefit my practice and I wanted then to go somewhere else and be fueled by loads A of different, different contexts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, there was a number of different things that I had to take into consideration when choosing where and um, I chose Newcastle and this is where I am now and it's coming up to nine years that I've lived here uh, and it's, yeah, it's now where I call home. Yeah, that's really lovely, Helen. Um, we are coming to the end of our time, so I'm just going to ask if you could recommend a book or a podcast, or both. Some people recommend both. Um, that you love that, yeah, just in general, that may or may not be related to your work. Um, so I am actually doing something at the moment called my lockdown diaries and as you will see from my lockdown diaries um every like i've my every day i ha i listen to a podcast or an audiobook or something so i have so many recommendations it seems cruel just to pick one but um one of the one of my first podcasts that I started listening to was one called Control Alt Delete with Emma Gannon. And she just she covers like all matter of topics. She she'll have a guest and it's it's normally a really, you know, it can be about like um it can be from the art world or it could be, you know, she might do an episode on um, burnout and then she might do one on how to engage with social media and then another on kind of um, what inspires a certain creative person um, so I would say that is like a really broad podcast and um, books one of the um, one of my favorite books from last that I read last year was a book of um, essays um, by Pandora Sykes called How Do We Know We're Doing It Right? And I actually found Pandora Sykes did a podcast um, with her friend Dolly Alderton, um, which was like amazing. Unfortunately, they stopped doing it and otherwise I would have recommended that. But it's, it's worth going back in their back catalogue to... Um, but then Pandora, I got more interested in both of their work individually and Pandora's written this um, book of essays, which I think is fantastic. But I would suggest that everyone, if they want recommendations of films or podcasts or audiobooks, etc., go and look at my lockdown diaries because there's 735 days worth of stuff for them to get involved in. Which lead us neatly onto how do they find you on link on um online? How do they follow you? Um, so probably the best place to go would be my website, which is www.helenshaddock.co.uk. And you spell my surname Shaddock, it's Haddock the Fish with an S on the front. Okay. Um, and um and then on from my website. There's links to my blog, which has my lockdown diaries. And there's a handy little tab that says contact. And if you click on contact, then it has my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my blog, 
all of those links rather than me saying it on this podcast now and no one being able to remember it. Well, we'll obviously put the notes. We'll put the um, the book of the podcast and your links into the podcast notes as well. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's whizzed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you.